This is a production of NASCAR Dosage, made by the fans for the fans. NASCAR Dosage. When it comes to a cup win, man, I can't, I can't for let you. that go down without a fight. Welcome to another episode. I can't believe Justin Marks hired me to drive this car again. I mean, at the end of the day, we, we all got to look at ourselves in the mirror, and if you're okay with it, you're okay with it. Mm. Hmm? It's an antique. So in Lawrence, there's an, Lawrence, Massachusetts, there's an antique store that's two, two floors or three, but it's an old mill building. So it's like way too many square feet with like way too much stuff that no one's ever going to buy, and it's not worth anything. But I found like a one sixteenth scale Tim Richmond. Or no, that's Ken Schrader. I'm sorry. Then um, there was a Tim Richmond car, and then there's the Ricky Craven car, and then there's like this hauler with a with another Rusty Wallace car. I'll show you that after. But dude, I couldn't believe how much old NASCAR stuff there was. They used to make so much merch for everything. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, there used to be merch that unheard of. Like it used to be sick. Yeah. Like every car was made at one point. Oh, yeah, they were they were doing it right. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, they didn't they didn't care at all. And now he's using a NASCAR mug. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this, this guy. This is the most impractical thing I've ever had to drink out of, honestly. Because like the That's hole in the top. For those that can't see, I think this is a NASCAR. I did some research into it. NASCAR and Fox, I think, is like a this was like a promotional thing they gave to people, and somebody was lucky enough to have one in two thousand four, and this was made. And then they were like, oh, this isn't worth anything. Yeah. And then some idiot on a NASCAR podcast was like, oh, I can have actual NASCAR things now. Speaking <laughs> of an actual NASCAR podcast, I guess we should probably get into it. Uh, everyone, welcome to the next episode of NASCAR Dosage. This week, we're going to be breaking down the events of CODA and all the excitement that came from that and Ross Chastain's first cup win along with the... Uh, Similar but different finish to the truck series race. Uh, the Xfinity race wasn't wasn't as as crazy as the other two, but mm. expect the trucks to, you know, do truck things in NASCAR. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it, uh, guys. How was your weekend? How was your past week? Good morning. Good. It was good. Didn't really do a whole lot as usual, except yeah. work. And when I'm not working at money work, I'm working at podcast work. So it was a good week. How was your week, Chris? Uh, I, I, I talked to you a few times throughout the week because we we're talking about future yes. discussions that, that, that will be had. So We uh, spoke in the past about the future, yes, which means we've now time traveled. And at the time we're having this conversation, people haven't even heard us yet. Yes. Brandon is in straight disbelief. Oh shit! CJ, CJ woke up firing on a couple more cylinders than usual. <laughs> I'm glad you today. Brandon, how was your week there? What did you I, do? I didn't do much. I just kind of worked, worked all week. No, only exciting thing I did was uh, went bowling yesterday. Almost shot exciting, a three. Though. Almost shot a three hundred, which. I'm pissed, <laughs> but yeah. So Brandon's no. admitting he's leaving bowling and going racing. 
<laughs> and if you can't see him, he missed St. Patrick's Day. He's wearing all green this morning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he was so oh, happy man. that Ross Jastain won. His aesthetic is watermelon right now. Literally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, really I, have, I have a thick cereal bowl, a bright green sweatshirt, and hat. Dark green hat. <laughs> oh, I am embracing my watermelon, man. <laughs> Brandon's taking out Cosmo and Wanda. <laughs> that is great. I hadn't even noticed that. <laughs> hey, oh, man. man. I love it. I oh, love man. it. I'm going to purposefully change my cereal into a different bowl now. He goes over and, like, dumps it into, like, a seems like a milk jug and, like, cuts the top off and dumps all the cereal <laughs> and milk into it. I'm sorry. But we, we've all had pretty good weeks. I think nobody had a better week, though, than ross chastain and definitely didn't know he was gonna no he didn't he didn't know he what was a surprise going to. yeah that was um we'll we'll get into it you know obviously afterwards and such but uh i was very happy to see i, I was very happy to see him win i was v- extremely happy to see him win um but before that Got to get into trucks and such. So, I mean, you know, as much as we can, trucks is interesting to dissect. But let's do it. Um, Zane Smith and Alex Bowman started on the front row. Uh, We'll see both of them later on in the the recap. Um, Kyle Busch took the lead early on. No surprise there. He was in a truck. We expect him to do truck winning things in truck races. I mean, I don't think that's anything less expected right there. I wouldn't say, right? No, no. not really. Oh, I, no. I don't, I didn't see a lot of surprises, even in the end. Hmm. You know, we're getting to that. But the whole race wasn't very surprising to me. Classic yeah. stock car. Yeah. What we knew was stock car turn. Parker Klingerman got into second. That, that was rad. Going for him. I I also think he, I don't want to say he overachieves in in truck races, but he he does wonders in that seventy five for the most part. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, but no, he, he he ran up front for a little while then, didn't he? He was he was up front a good a good chunk of the race, not leading, but he was up front a good chunk of the race. In contention, um, I thought. Yeah, yeah, and then we saw the younger drivers make mistakes um deegan had a early penalty cutting the course in the s's uh jack wood pitted prior to the end of the stage so that wasn't really a penalty he kind of did that on himself a lot of the leaders came down pit road before the end of the first stage uh leaving the door for zane smith to take the first stage uh not too much of a surprise obviously we'd see him come down pit road at the end of the stage after collecting his stage points and such as he was one of the few full-time truck guys besides like one or two other guys that were really up front mixing it up with Bowman, Klingerman, Kyle Bush and all that. But uh keep her going. In the restart, we see someone went around. Oh craft crafting got hit uh it's, by Space Purdy. It was an interesting race too in the aspect of how quickly they threw yellows. Just surprising. That's like a four mile track, 20 turns, and they threw so many yellows. Well, that's because NASCAR doesn't know how to have local cautions because, you know, why do that? 
it seemed like the theme, just because we're starting here in the weekend going forward, if anybody really didn't watch anything, yeah. it, that was this is the start of the only discrepancy, really, I felt the whole weekend was how many yellows and how quickly. Yeah, I know. Course then, racing. Local yellows, you're right, would make a big difference. Then they tried to fix that in the cup race, but, you know, we all know how that went and uh, are arguably probably one of the worst calls of the weekend, but we'll get into that later mm-hmm. on. Um, anyways, restart. Then they go to the end of the stage. Jane Smith takes second stage, um, of course, to uh, sweep the weekend or sweep the race stages, which inevitably he did um we'll jump ahead because it's it's the truck series and it's just straight chaos almost 24 7 in that race or in those races um by final was it the final lap when they got together the leaders it was the second to last at that point it was the second to last lap Yeah. yeah at turn 11 Coming into the hairpin, Kyle Busch is leading. Stuart, in, or Stuart Friesen's barely to his inside. Bowman's clearly to it, Friesen's inside. I don't know why people think he absolutely sent it when they were damn near door-to-door. No, all that was fair racing. Yeah, I think people yeah. sometimes see road courses and don't understand you're turning left and right. You know what I mean? So, like, it's yeah. not like you're out to one side of the track and then you enter the corner and then you're back to the inside. And, like, you're yeah. only on those two kind of boundaries of the race yeah surface it's it, the cars don't you don't set up your passes the same way i didn't really think any of that was dirty if no, i was alex sure. bowman i would have only apologized to kyle bush just for the sake of not having to worry about sunday yeah then that's what he did do anything. it looked like afterwards but uh i don't think that was bowman's fault really at all he was completely inside of freezing i don't know if his spotter didn't see that or whatever but just well freezing just turned left into him he didn't even wheel hop at that point Friesen it's, just turned left into him, and then that's what made him wheel hop. And, it, and then I think it was slammed into Kyle Bush. All three of them did. So where Zane Smith went under underneath them and said, "Thank you guys, Bowman. I'm a pull of you. <laughs> you guys keep fighting. That's fine. I'll just I'll be right back. I'll back into this <laughs> one real quick. <laughs> I I didn't think that anybody did anything wrong there. I mean, no. we're, we'll get to it. I know what the the Cup Series finished, but you, you have a job to do. I don't know. It, it, sometimes if you're like a defensive lineman in football, right? If the goal is to get after the quarterback, you, you get after the quarterback. Like you put him in the ground. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like the goal is to, to go out there and perform that task. Race car drivers are no different. You're running on the limit every single corner. Like you're trying to get everything you can out of the car. I, I don't think anybody really did anything wrong. I think it was just a matter of three guys that knew all together. There was one line, one entry point that was going to, be the one who was faster coming out of the corner and they all wanted it at the same time i i didn't see a scenario where that corner was going to work out between the three of them at all like it just wasn't going to happen no it just doesn't seem like there's that much real estate down in that corner to to really make something like that work you you can't go in and come out three wide it just didn't seem feasible i've kind of forgotten about that yeah. I forgot about it as I was watching the weekend, just how much the width at Coda changes. Yeah, that's a great point, Brandon. Because like I forgot how the track width itself, the racing surface in the front stretch, narrows mm-hmm. down so dramatically downhill into the sector one S's. Yeah. Well, that, that, at... that corner. Go ahead. That that corner seems to like taper down. Oh like, yeah. 
from like real wide just down to this tiny like funnel mm. into into the apex it's it's real odd you don't see many many corners on road courses do that yeah it's almost like that the entrance to turn 11 is beyond you know what i can show on the screen and then Mm. the exit is like double file right anything beyond that someone's either going into the gravel going into the grass or coming back onto the track and just clearing out whoever's next to them and what i thought was super interesting too was um i'm sure that I know they mentioned it in the, the post-race meetings, whatever, like the post-interviews, but um, the the change in grip from the new pavement to the old. Oh, yeah. That was also pretty stark. I mean, you're talking about like a decade older pavement. It was a really big change for the track. I'm excited for, side note, F1 when they go there now, having seen it. But I, uh, I think IndyCar needs to go back there, but that's like, that's a topic for another day. Oh, I so agree. Either way, like the, the, the point I'm hearing right now, I think in all of our voices is that the, the truck race kind of sucked. Beyond that last like little bit of what happened, <laughs> we're was, already wanting to go back to the typical chaos of the truck race. That's really what it was. Um, I don't think I'd say it was anything more or less than that. It was just the typical chaos of the truck race. But with that, uh, let's look into some, you know, results from the race and see what, we can make of this thing. Um, thought I was looking at the Saint Smith one, John Hunter Nemechek two, Kyle Busch three, Ben Rose four, uh, Chandler Smith five, Christian Eckes six, Tyler Ankrum seventh. Wow, Zane Smith was in a category of his own in terms of manufacturers. Kids on his own. He's doing something cool. I'm a I'm a Zane Smith fan. That oh, he's yeah. gonna be the one to watch in the next year. You want to talk about silly season? I, I personally thought he was the more consistent guy at GMS the past couple of guys or past couple of years, but you know, yeah. People Again, like, not well, Sheldon Creed won the championship. I mean, I like him too, but I like Zane sure. I mean, it's a little bit of bias, but you know, Matt Crafton also won a championship. Without winning a <laughs> race, so, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. How do you want to measure success? <laughs> yeah, that's trophy size contest. Fraudulent the championship <laughs> is. Um, Hosovar was eighth, Friesen ninth, Enfinger tenth, uh, Notables, Crafton finished thirteenth. I mean, if that's so notable, Enfinger tenth. I said that. Kraus twelfth. He needed like some kind of run because, good Lord Almighty, has he been awful this year? <laughs> Definitely shows why these guys are Triple A league. You know, if it, it just yeah. If that, I, I don't know. Oh, I, truck so, series. I, some of the guys should be in cup if we're going to yeah. go off of like actual skill and like, you know, intelligence of driving, there are like three guys that I'd probably say along. Yeah. The, the truck series, I think yeah. is just, they don't need a lot of road courses. I think they could even use a shorter season. Yeah. I don't know. I just, because I feel like you have a better product with Xfinity and those guys are closer to running with cup. I think you have more parallel weekends and just kind of save the trip or back out some truck series races. And then I guess this is going way down the rabbit hole, but that's where you could enter and maybe another feeder series. That's, <clears throat> that, that's kind of a hard, hard one for me. Cause I know last couple of years, it's, it's been that the truck series has been the thing to watch. 
Like right. that's been like that's been the one to watch. Is, so the truck, is the truck series cup race was okay and the Xfinity race was just god awful mm. but anymore it just seems like the truck race is they kind of swapped around right. yeah they're alright and then the Xfinity races for me I don't think the Xfinity races are like all too exciting say they're, they're, they're a lot better than the trucks like my they're better than, they're better oh, than I the totally trucks agree. They're totally better agree. than the trucks, completely. Yeah, I just, I just don't think that it's the elevated product that it needs to be just yet. Mm. I, th- I think there's still a little bit of work. I think Absolutely. it also helps with who's running in there. It's a good mix of like, yeah. yes, young guys, a very with young a lot field. of talent, and veterans yeah. with a lot of talent. And then you see mm-hmm. the cup guys come down there every now and then, which really makes everything quite quite solid in terms of the racing. I think that's why that that's the case right there. Yeah. But it's very, um, I, I would still say that X, Xfinity is some weekends. It can be better than cup. Some weekends. It can be better than, or some weekends it can be not as good as cup. It all depends on what track they go to and such. Because I feel like road courses, Cup will definitely put on better performance. Um, yeah. Especially with what they have for equipment now, which we went on to see, not to jump too far ahead on what you wanted oh, to. Oh, yeah. We're, we're definitely but... going to be talking about that for sure, though, because that was, <sighs> that was my God. That was, oh my God. That was so good. That, that's... I don't know about you guys, but like those, the two races, the Truck and Xfinity Series race made me really grateful for the next gen car. You know what I mean? Just watching like how that car raced in road courses for years and years and years, like that philosophy, both those races were, it was like weird to watch. It's like watching a child, like climb down the stairs for their first time. And the whole time, just like, Oh, <laughs> please don't die. <laughs> this <doesn't seem> right. <laughs> Dude, there was one curb that, I mean, we'll, we'll mention it in the cup race because it kind of took out, it took out a major player. Uh, it, he didn't end his race, but we'll talk about it later on. But the kink right there at turn 10 before turn 11, that thing could and would bite some guys if they they got just a little too much of it. But before that, let's talk about Xfinity. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, your winner. Austin Hill, second. Cole Custer, third. Noah Gregson, fourth. Sam Mayer, fifth. That's your top five. Uh, Ross Chastain had a legitimate chance to be there with AJ. I firmly believe that he was going to be right there with him. Oh, oh yeah. And then I think it was totally possible. I forgot who the hell he got spun around by, but you know, well, that was it just happens. under. That was just under that restart. Yeah, shit happens. It's <laughs> racing. Wasn't it the one that was under review? It, it was a restart that was under review. Somebody jumped. I think I don't know if anything came of it, but yeah, it was a controversial restart, and I think he was just on the bad end of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. may have been, but no, I I completely agree. He 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 would have been either the one to win it, or it would have been damn close. Yeah, who would have known that was your warning shot? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's like oh, Ross Chastain's like legitimately hanging with AJ. Oh wait, they're both racing tomorrow. Right. Huh. Huh, that's wild. 
I do love seeing that though. It's it, again, not to get too far off, but Brandon mentioned the, the change that's happened uh, between like the Xfinity series and the, the truck series before I used to hate seeing the cup guys in the lower levels. I used to hate it. I used to be so mad because it was every single weekend. Now, I don't know. I've kind of enjoyed the last couple of weekends seeing the mm-hmm. cup guys like back in Xfinity, maybe because they're such different cars now. Maybe I think that's why I like it this season for some reason, but I, I think, I think the reason um, for that, and I could be totally wrong is that the new generation of cup drivers that we have now is a much younger generation of cup drivers than, oh, we've, yeah. experienced, than we've experienced in the past. So these guys are coming down to learn more about these road courses. That's why you see you had Bubba Wallace in there. You had Ross Chastain, guys the likes of them uh, coming down just to learn. But in the meantime, they've come down and have also come down to win. <laughs> so right. yeah, it, it, just, it just comes down to that. I mean, really, they, they really want to learn. They really want to go out and have fun, which I don't blame them. I do and, it too. Also at this point, is AJ Allmendinger really getting anything from running in Xfinity? Especially on a paycheck. Courses. A paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. A paycheck. I could have told mean, you that one. <laughs> well, but, but let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, that's why. If he could be in cup full time, he probably would. I think if you see Colin expand a two charger, I think if you've seen them expand a two chargers, I almost said two chargers. They do <laughs> have two chargers. seen his full time. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, rather than have a rotating audition for it, I think AJ is kind of the shoe in. I think the only reason they no. don't is because of AJ's age. Yeah. Which what unfortunately is, is the case. You know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago when he was running for Penske, he was 30 years old. But, you know, shit happened in life. So now he's, now it's wow, 2022. Don't make, feel, don't make me feel old. Stop that. Oh, my <laughs> God, you child. I don't want to hear it from yeah. either of you. We're not Ten going there this morning. <laughs> it's too early. 10 years ago, he was 30. Yeah, he's 40 now. Shut, shut your mouth. Oh, everyone's <laughs> math is up. so good this morning. We're on a roll. Hey. It was 10 years. DJ, you believe it? it went from 30 shit. to 40 after 10 shit. years. Shit. It was like 30 plus 10 is 40 now. What the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know just that old. Golly. This guy. Um, <laughs> but oh, I love it. We'll give you a lot of sound bites this week, I'm sure. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. The only sound bite you're gonna hear is me flipping out. <laughs> you're like, quit making me feel old, CJ. You two kids, shut up. <laughs> thirty years old. I am getting close to thirty years old. Yeah, you oh. are. You're such an old man. This mug it says 2004 on the bottom of it. How old were both of you in 2004? Three. Depends on what time of the year. Three, you know, I, I turned the thousands part of 2004. I don't know. <laughs> it just says 2004. I, I was three. <laughs> I would have been what? Wow. Four, five, five or six, five or six. Yeah. Math. Armada yeah, education. I, <laughs> I would have been 10 years old and my younger brother would have been one. About one. <laughs> like just born. Now that we all feel old, let's take a second to appreciate what we saw this weekend. Before we really dive into the, the well, Cup before, Series. Before we dive in, let's look at some points for Xfinity because trucks, let's... All right. Yep. Trucks. Um, yeah, we got to do it. 
right now, Xfinity points, Noah Gregson leading. AJ Allmendinger is one point behind him. Uh, both of them have one win so far this season. Ty Gibbs has two wins, but he is 31 points back because, you know, consistency. Consistency. Mm. Not his strong suit. Uh, AJ, or not AJ, sorry, he's second. Justin Allgaier, how the hell did I? Well, eh. okay, I see where I did there. Uh, he's in fourth, 68 back. No wins yet this year. Josh Berry, no win yet this year, but he's fifth in points. 77 back at Gregson. Uh, Austin Hill is another nine points behind Barry with a win. Then Brandon Jones somehow is seventh in points. I have no idea how. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, your your confused look right there is yeah, pretty so eminent. Awful. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Daniel Hemrick, eighth. Sam Mayer, ninth. Wow. Wow. How the hell is he ninth? Um, Ryan Sieg is 10th. Sheldon Creed, 11th. Riley Herb's 12th. Right now, that is the playoff guys. Brandon Jones or Brandon Brown. I'm mixing up names this morning. Brandon Brown's the first guy outside. (laughs) 10 points back. Uh, Landon Castle is another seven points back of Brown. And then Anthony Alfredo is tied with Castle. That is your top 15. Notable is not in the top 15. Brett Moffitt, Jeb Burton, but Jeb Burton's, he's, is he full-time? Jeb, I don't think so. Mm. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, I know he's doing a lot of races this year. Um, yeah. Myas Snyder, 20th, no surprise. Jade Buford, Jeremy Clements, off to a rough start, rough start this season. Alex LeBay, off to a rough start this season. Um, and besides that, that's about that, that about makes sense for the uh Xfinity series there. <laughs> if anybody can answer this, do horses have all shoulders? Are they all legs or are they all arms? I mean, <laughs> can we get answers to this? Please. <laughs> Really? Okay, let's be real here. Like, I don't know how we even got on this topic. <clears throat> I do actually Some give everybody more skeletons story. have more bones than others, but does that, <laughs> does that, does that mean <laughs> We were talking about his potty at G5 and how many horsepower it had. It hit a deer, and he said it killed about you know, half the horsepower of the car. <laughs> And I had said that horse had 160 lives and just spent four of them. To <laughs> which, Brandon, would you like to repeat what you told me? <laughs> I said it's like taking the representative of one horse and cutting all four legs off at all the shoulders. <laughs> which I immediately now need to know. Do horses have only do they have only arms or only legs like is there more doors or more wheels does a horse have four arms or does it have four legs because How if you cut off the shoulders shoulder. would it have like half legs it's like those trucks that they put the rake in you know pickup trucks <laughs> so like the at their front like like legs or arms i guess whatever one we decide is gone but the rear is fine like it's totally normal like because he only says shoulder <laughs> horse diagram they have a they have a <laughs> pair of shoulders and a pair of hip or in the hip what hold on <laughs> they have shoulders and they have a hip 
All right. So let me rephrase. It's like taking one horse and cutting it off at the shoulders and at the hips. I have redeemed myself. <laughs> it, only took, oh, that was great. it only took how long of us laughing trying to figure out this bullshit? I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I blurted out and we weren't recording yet. No, we realized we definitely should have been. I think how many shoulders and how many legs? And which is which? Because I've never even thought about this. And if you were to look at a car, does a car have like how many Hips lives it has shoulder. to spend? Shut the like, fuck up, CJ. Is it how many? Like, that motor just had like four and a half liters to mess with, and it just went down to a four liter. Like, I don't know how you quantify its death. <laughs> you know, a cat, like, it goes through some shit a couple of times, and you're like, oh, that cat had nine lives, which just spent two of them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like seven lives left. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, that, car. Car, that, that car had four cylinders. It just shat two of them. Well, I guess every car looks at every cat like now you're giving me all nine of them, so let's go. <laughs> and now Chris is kicking me off the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the NASCAR Dosage Podcast, where we fucking talk about goddamn everything besides racing, it seems like. Not kicking me off the show. I, I would leave all of this in. I so agree, dude. This is amazing. Oh, this is definitely saying it. I know know we've had the conversation about staying on track and structuring it a little better, but you know what? I think the comedic aspect of this has been this was great. No, this was top tier. This was top tier. This is how we're going to start talking about the cup race, which probably was the most serious one of the weekend. But you know what? We're laughing our asses off before then. Oh, I'm just up to my shoulders and focus this morning, but now I don't really know what that is. Is it your shoulders or is it your hips? (laughs) (laughs) Ba 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 ba. Oh, Nobody man. listening's gonna understand. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody's ever talked to, to me more than like five minutes and heard me say it because I may possibly have an issue with saying that too many times and out loud <laughs> <laughs> and in public. <laughs> anyway, the Cup Series race. Chris, oh. I'm so sorry. Well, this all started because I was trying to say to Brandon we should race the Pontiac G5. Because <laughs> anybody that's got a local like quarter mile track or eighth mile track is gonna know. You got the old, like, the 06 Impalas, 07 Impalas. People out there spit shine them every weekend. <laughs> Front-wheel drive, super charged Just, just, just take it to the bump and run, Brand. Just take it to a bump and run. Full send. Full send. Take it to the Halloween Howler up here at Star. Oh, man, I'm crying. Chris, I'm so sorry I got us so far off track today. So <laughs> That's great. No, it was great. <laughs> I lost all concentration at that point. I was just like, what what the hell is happening? <laughs> all right, let, let's get in let's get into the cup race. let's let's do it. Um, these next gens were really I, I firmly believe they're put to the test here at Coda. Um, teams and drivers, they were set for probably the most technical track. In, in the Cup Series and one of the more technical tracks in the country. Um, obviously, one of only 26 the- in the world that's grade one. I did yeah. not know that before this weekend. 26. Yeah. 
there's a reason that F1 uh, goes here. Um, so without that, let's break it down. Uh, stage one saw outside pole sitter Daniel Suarez take the lead on the first lap, dominate the first stage. Uh, this was probably the only stage I'd say this weekend that the guy who won the stage actually earned it by being up front. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause he was the entire time. Trackhouse um, made some noise in general this weekend. Oh so yeah. Trackhouse track yeah. in general. Yeah. But they've also been on his hair to start the year. Um, oh, that's for sure. Yeah. I I <clears throat> you can quote me on this. RCR is the best four car bunch right now. Mm-hmm. Trackhouse is an RCR team, basically. Well, depends on what you mean cars. the best. The cars. Do you mean improvement from last year to this year or just how they're running this year? Because if you mean just this year alone, I'd have to disagree with you. I still think Hendrick is doing the best job. I don't know because like... One, drive, one of the drivers have wins is, is my only I question. Mean, if, that's your only, if that's your only argument, then, you know... Richard Petty's the greatest driver of all time in the history of motorsports. Again, our, I don't know. I mean, like with the ultra competitiveness this year is also where I'd say Jimmy Johnson's better than Richard Petty. Cause I think the atmosphere of what you raced in is way more competitive now than it was back then. You know what I mean? Rules are a lot more open. You just buy something, show up. There wasn't a whole lot of the same type of regulation like today. So the competition becomes that much more intense. So when you have wins for more of your drivers than pretty much any other team, you've got wins for three of your four drivers track house and RCR. Yes. Tyler Reddick's had a lot of really fast equipment, but I don't necessarily think that that equates to even chase Elliott. Who's the only winless driver at Hendrick to doing bad. I still think chase is doing comparable to close to maybe better as far as overall results. Cause there's less DNFs. Yes. He's had his moments, but you know, you get where I'm going with that. Like yeah. I would challenge you that. I don't know that RCR and I admit that track house is in Assey and RCR is, Pitbull, illegitimate child thing. I don't know. <laughs> With all of that influence together. Mind you, can, Chase, Chase can... Elliott is one of seven guys without a single DNF so far this season. Most notably, one of those other guys is Brad Keselowski. Wow. What? Yep. So now, does how many lives does he have left? Brad Keselowski has... Do we cut him off at the shoulders? Or... Yeah. <laughs> He, that man should have like all DNFs. He should have like. <laughs> oh, right. pretty well at this point. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll play. I'll play devil's advocate, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna play both sides of the fence here, and I'll say <clears throat> that all eight of those cars are probably the best out there right now. I will say that. I will agree to that. Mm. RCR Trackhouse and Hendrick Motorsports are the best. I'd say that grouping of eight cars is probably the best going right now. Yeah. Everyone's everyone else had solid runs, but I think Chevy's got their stuff together. Well, I mean, it helps that, you know, they made NASCAR nerf the Fords, but you know, I'm still kind of bummed about that. I still have some wonders of what if, why did you reprofile it that late in the season? It was clearly only performance. They they, complained Ford Ford didn't reprofile it. They were made to reprofile it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, anyways, uh, first stage Chase Elliott spins Kyle Bush around that kind of messes up his whole his whole first stage. 
Uh, obviously, as noted, Suarez won the first stage. Blaney second, Bowman third, Logano fourth, Larson fifth, Haley sixth, Elliott seventh, Briscoe eighth, Burton ninth, and Sindrick was tenth, who was the first guy to stop before the stage ended in terms of placement in the stage. So that kind of shows how much of a gap he had on a good majority of the field that he was still able to get stage points with pitting in the stage. And you know what else it showed me after like 15 laps, 10 laps, there's no fall off right away. I, I saw at least that there was no tire fall off at all. Really like the car didn't ever go, seem to go away. So your whole strategy was just running fuel stint. Yeah. It was, main, it was mainly to set up the next stage because you knew people would pit. Some, yeah. At some point, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't really seem like the advantage was there. Like, the Xfinity race and the, the truck race, if you had fresh tires, you were, like, large, like, double digits amounts of positions, possibly, yeah. that you could make up in just a couple of corners. Didn't see that. But bless you. That's why he would mute himself for a moment there. Yawn. <laughs> Yawn. Oh, but... I can um, be more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, sometimes. Um, anyways, move on to second stage. Saw the front guys pit. Suarez was put in deep into the field. Um, so at the start of stage two, Larson got a little bit into him. Larson is on a championship slump to start the season. He's making a lot have, of mistakes. I have a point to this later. We'll, we'll keep the recap going, but at the end, I have okay. a point to. Okay. Um, but yeah, we can explain why they're not doing so well. Really, that was the only notable incident from stage two denny hamlin got gifted his first stage win of the season because you know he's doing great this year uh second was kyle bush third logano fourth blaney fifth almarola austin dillon sixth seventh burton eighth chastain ninth cindric and tenth was bubba wallace cindric and chastain were the ones to pit before the end of stage two and still able to get stage points, which was it, – it just shows the speed that the front guys had all day in comparison to, I think, the rest of the field. The top the top six, as expected, were the only ones that really could hang with each other. Everyone else was just on that outside looking in, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what else to say besides that. I don't know. Well, I think what's really interesting about Coda <clears throat> – um, that's it's, it's different to a lot of other racetracks is like you talk about finding a 10th and like Brandon, maybe you can speak on this, but like you talk about like finding a 10th or like half a 10th here or there, like what you need to do to pick up time. What does that equate to at the end of a lap? Well, literally like the longer the lap, the bigger that amount of time, this, this track is huge and it is very technical. Like the layout is kind of simplistic, but like how you actually drive the car and, and save your equipment, things like that. It's very technical. So the, the change in lap times, you know, it, it, you make small, tiny mistakes in several different parts of the course equates to losing a second and a half a lap. It's an interesting thing about Coda is very quickly. You start to lose time to the, to the leaders. It all adds up towards, like you said, it all adds up towards the end of the lap. So you, you miss a corner just by a little bit and you lose half a 10th here and half a tenth here well now you got a tenth okay well you're a tenth down no big deal well now you go down to the next corner and you blow that one now you miss two tenths so now you're three tenths down in the lap you're not going to make three tenths up in a lap 
unless you really nail perfectly every other corner and find find speed that way. But and you're gonna just, have to be absolutely flying there. Oh yeah, you have. And to the car's gonna fight you the whole perfect. way. Yeah, because you're gonna you lose tire, you lose brakes. Like the car is literally trying to stop you from doing that. In theory, the longer you go on, the slower you should be running every lap in a finite amount because you're burning rubber off the tire. In theory. Doesn't really always work out that way. That's where the human interference comes in. But anyway, I thought that that was a really interesting thing through stage one, especially to see was the lack of fall off meant that you had to be on the edge just nonstop. Every oh, yeah. I want to note one thing. Guys are getting spun out, absolutely sticking their foot to the floor and not blowing the tires out. Interesting. Interesting. It, it is. Because yeah. they were sliding. They were sliding like every other race we've seen this year. I, I don't yeah. know. What What are you saying? You think that they they have a better tire for the road course races than the ovals? Hundred percent. The only problem is I don't want to see because you did point this out. I don't want to see them run these tires on ovals. Not only because you know they're more road course built tires, which means you know they're more durable and such, but that means no fall off which means the ovals in terms of the tire wear would look much like the past few years. Well, I don't want to see that. I'd rather see the fall off on ovals because that's what's supposed to happen. I agree with you. And ultimately the, the, the biggest thing is the tire, I guess it's a little bit technical, but for the sake of explaining it, the tire is built the same. The construction yeah. and the layout of the tire is the same. It's the rubber that holds all those cords and those ribs and things like that together that make the different compounds of tires. And I think what you saw there with their road course tires, it is a very, very hard compound tire to not flat spot it through enough. The other thing though, that I didn't, I didn't hear at least in the broadcast or see anything about is there's no inner liners. So it's not like those tires didn't go down because they had, you know, some sort of assurance because there's an inner liner in it. So it looks like it's up, but it's actually flat. I think they genuinely weren't going out. If they were to run that on ovals, though, the sustained Gs may be too hot for that compound. Now you start having to run an even harder compound than that to try and make up for it. Super hard compounds get very hot very fast. And they hold it. They sustain that heat. So without going like full professor mode, I suppose, the, the, the biggest reason that they wouldn't be able to run those tires on an oval is because they can't handle the sustained Gs. That's part of it too, that it's, you're never loading one tire more than the rest. You may load it more of the lap than the rest, right? You may have more left-handers than rights. So your right sides may wear out quicker, but you're not only wearing the right sides and that's it by only turning left, like on the old. So, but I did think it was interesting to have no fall off like that. And we had talked about it earlier in the, the season, what kind of involvement they would have with like, you know, Lamont and Weck and what we talked last week about, Hendrick, that was something that, you know, just for whatever it's worth, I was thinking a lot about you as they were racing in stage one. How does this sound? So much better. Okay. We're going to roll with that then. That's so much better. I thought it'd be a, I, I was, I'm hit or miss on it sometimes because sometimes like it doesn't come. It's a little less clear. It's a lot louder, but it's a little less clear. So that's why I was like, I don't know. We'll see. But I also have like, I try to not go crazy with my voice. So that's why. So I, I would say uh, 
a lot yeah there there's a lot of um figuring out what's the right compounds for everything and such in terms of all the racing and all the different tracks we go to because there's a lot of different track variations uh on the circuit so the tire wear versus you know you durability never have such. One. yeah i don't think you're ever gonna have one compound but no that's why you if see you... f1 have many different compounds no they're kind Who of knows? maybe yeah. that's maybe that's an answer i would love to see that in nascar though again going too far out of the path that we're trying to talk with but wouldn't you love to see multiple compounds? Now they tried it years oh, ago dude. in the all-star race or whatever, but like, this is different. Now you have a card that, I don't know, you could have two very dramatically different compounds and know the consequences of them. Like you're going to run a super soft and not know you're going to destroy it after 10 laps. Yeah. Like that. Okay. I feel like if NASCAR ever went that route, it'd have to only be on road courses. You can't do it at all. That's why you don't see IndyCar do it at Indy or uh, Texas. Or even Iowa. They just do that. So I think that's one thing to note. Um, not that, you know, NASCAR is ever going to do it because it's NASCAR. But I think it would be interesting to note that. See, I, I I personally cannot stand this low-profile sidewall tire. I hate every bit of it. I cannot stand it. Why? Because it's not meant for an oval <laughs> that's not that's not what they're designed for and cup cars are circle track cars they are that's not I think much anymore. what they are not, not, well, not much, much anymore. anymore not much anymore they're they're designing them more geared towards road courses and i really don't agree with it um however i like how they perform on the ovals still i think Would the you- car I think the car performs good on an oval, but the the construction of the tire and the low profile sidewall does not fit with an oval. It does. It so just far. doesn't work. It does not work so because far. so, so far. far you're right. But I haven't seen really a good instance where it's been great because you got a wide tire with a low low profile sidewall and not a lot of give. There's hardly any give in the sidewall. So what a lot of the issues can be with that, like we were seeing at uh, Charlotte during the test when these guys were just randomly spinning out and these, they, they were saying the car was just coming unglued, is with that tire having like a real stiff sidewall like that. Now imagine you go off into the corner and you go to load the sidewall and there's nothing to grab it. Well, what's the next thing that's going to going to take the give? It's the center of the tire and it's going to buckle. So now you're on two rails, essentially. Now you've turned a 10-inch tire into about a 3-inch tire. So now you've got absolutely zero grip. So when you raise the construction of the sidewall and you make a thicker sidewall, you have something else there to essentially take the give and the si- the actual tread of the tire can just transfer side to side and take the load that way. I think that's a big issue with what we're seeing with these cars. Like you guys were talking about tire compounds and uh, taking a road course compound to a, uh, an oval track 
full track setting or running like super soft like you'd see in a in F1. I think if you were starting to mess with the compounds, I think it would kind of alter the way that you race. I think you'd have to run more tires doing that, running different compounds and stuff like that. I could be totally wrong. Oh, no, you'd you'd definitely have to run. You'd you'd there'd be more pit stops and such. Yeah, but 100. I, I just I, I don't like the I don't like the low profile stuff because like, what do you like, think is a good step. what do you think is a good fix for that? Would you say like a 16, 16 inch wheel on the ovals or I don't know what the fix would be, and I think that's a good point. Is a a smaller rim or smaller wheel uh instead of uh like oh we'll go back to the five lug i don't care if you run the single lug just go to a smaller wheel and run a thicker sidewall to take some of the give or give some of the give back in that tire so there's there's some spring rate in the tire for the load that these guys will see bbs can make a 16 inch wheel that is a single lug they're Mm -hmm. more than capable of doing that um I, I like the aesthetic of the low profile because it th- this just looks like a race car. Like this looks like a race car now. I agree with you. Because and you look that's... at you look at IMSA or WEC or whatever, those are race cars. You look at um Australian supercars aren't they don't have the low profile yet. I think they're going with that with their next gens. But they do. They, they had they, it for a few years. They look like, well, it's not it's not as significant as as NASCAR, or in terms of the Cup Series. Um, the Cup Series has more of a low profile than Supercars does right now, but their next gen cars are going to be more that way. Right mm-hmm. now, I I I don't know if I say the Supercars look. Mm, no, I don't want to fight that. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go in that discussion right now. But I, these cars. I do you agree with you? Look, yeah, you, you know where I was going with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the aesthetic is there now. The past couple of years, NASCAR, the Cup Series, especially, look like a thing of the past in terms of their cars. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the trucks and Xfinity still look that way, but that's just me. I don't like um, it. I, I think. Brandon, you did a, a fantastic job of explaining why the deflection of the sidewall is important because you're right. The center of the tire will buckle, you know, and for the people listening, what Brandon also, and I had the chance to, you know, you see it was a driver. That's a, a fun thing to try and explain is you can tell so much by what the tire looks like. You know, you oh, see what the tire has for wear in it. There's bumps in it that you put what's called the durometer and, you know, probe it and you see how much tread is left to, you actually see patterns that give you clear indication of what he just explained. Like, what is the tire actually doing in the middle of the corner? All this stuff that the arm, armchair experts, for lack of maybe a better term, um, maybe don't quite see is that what Brandon is saying is very valid. You know, the, the thinner sidewall is not what this is meant for. The car is historically, you can lean on that sidewall to deflect and more or less give you a bigger footprint. You're, you're adjusting the width of the tire ostensibly by how much G you put into it. Because if you're turning right and really hard in the center of the corner and then the tire deflects a lot, well, now you've taken that contact patch and you've actually added some of the sidewall on the right side to make that bigger. So when you run out of that, that space, like he's saying, 
there's a lot of other variables in my head though that pop into play if these guys are working with ramp and coast angles and things like that with a, a transaxle with a, a it has to have a limited slip it has to have some sort of independent differential with half shafts so that means you're adjusting how power goes to left and right that wasn't a thing before if the, you know, the inside tire was dragged and you felt that a, a long time before right because that you can't adjust the speed of that that inner tire which is something new so like you mentioned brandon where the car just jumps out of nowhere you know you have to kind of take into consideration i think in my technical brain of what that independent rear suspension now and an adjustable differential has really changed the game, revolutionized the game. You know, we all start in karting. That's a solid axle, a true solid axle, chain driven and everything, no suspension even. Then you drive, you move up like you with stock cars or even like Legends cars. Legends cars are a great example. You know, like they're, they're, they have a little bit of slip just by the nature of how it's all put together. It, it changes. The other thing I think about too, especially with the 18s while we're on that topic, is I look outside and I actually have for, it's from the podcast brand new mustang it has literally 19 inch wheels on it It has the exact almost size that 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 car has so when i see the new mustang and it's on 18s i think that that looks but then you look like the xfinity series i don't know it's kind of a like a caricature of what should be the mustang you know i think that the 18s helped that a lot that was their that was their big thing that's the with the new car was trying to make it look more like a road car. Yeah. And sure. Like, obviously you can tell it doesn't look exactly like one because, you know, they still have to have some default things for that. All three manufacturers have to go with, especially in terms of the greenhouse. But in terms of that, I, the, the wheels definitely give it more of a, a street car and race car vibe to it. Yeah. But anyways, Let's get back on to the recap because we still got to finish that. Uh, stage three, honestly, was chaotic as hell. Uh, many guys spun or hit each other. Uh, Logano spun twice. Cindric spun twice. Hamlin spun once. Uh, Logano took a third spin that also collected Kurt Busch and Kyle Larson into it. This set up the two-lap shootout for the ending of the race. We have a final restart after that caution. Um, we see AJ Allmendinger, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick absolutely send it into turn one. Reddick gets out in front with the lead. Chastain and Allmendinger are side by side. Chastain gets ahead of Allmendinger. Chastain gets up behind Reddick. Um, very slim margin through the S's. Doesn't cut one of the corners. Gets to the right side of Reddick as they're coming to the end of the S's. It's where he's able to navigate around him through turn nine blast down turn 10 go through 11 chastain's in the lead this looks like it's going to be his aj almendinger puts his foot to the floor alex bowman's right behind him they get to the white flag chastain's still in the lead going through the s's going through everything get out of turn 11 coming into turn 12 chastain still in the lead they go around the first part of the stadium section into the into the final part of the stadium section almendinger is like, oh, no gap? Fine. Make me gap. Car. Boom. Right there. Chastain almost into the gravel. Uh-oh. CJ's making me pause. Hmm. Oh, no, no. I wasn't. I was just thinking in my head. It, it was more along the lines of, a, as Mr. Jeff Gordon would call it, a bump and run. Yeah. I mean, he almost put him in the gravel. I mean, it was a bump and run, it, I, but I he think AJ's move. 
I, the start of it was clean. Yeah. He, I mean, Chastain kind of overcorrected, but it, nonetheless, I didn't want to interrupt that. I was enjoying listening to you <laughs> call the last part of the I, race. Dissect over this entire last portion. Um, all right, get back. You know, boom, almost into the gravel. Somehow stays out of it. Chastain gets up behind Almondinger, and then there's a gap to the right side of them. And Alex Bowman is like, huh, don't mind if I do. Just going to make one of my signature wins happen right here, guys. And then they get to turn 19. Chastain's still behind Omendinger, and he's just like, huh, you move me, I move you. Boom. Takes out Alex Bowman in the process. Well, almost does. Bowman still got second. And Chastain ends up winning, and I just did a way better dissection of the final lap and final two laps than Mike Joy did. But that's a topic for another day. No, it should, it should be a topic for today, too, because that was such a lost opportunity, man. Dude, that, that how was the so, hell that boy was trying that? so hard to make that sound good. You just made that sound better than it really was if you didn't see it live. <laughs> if you didn't see it live, that was great. I, Even I Tony Stewart, I think, was kind of waiting on, like, okay, well, I'm the guest, so I'll let them run with it. You know what I mean? Like, it, there, there was nothing there. It, it was a really sad. You you um, could hear Stewart and Boyer's excitement, and then Mike Joyce just like, oh, Chastain, he puts the bumper to him. Yeah, he was very melodramatic. I don't know what's up with him. I don't That's know. Maybe he doesn't like that they were wrecking each other for the win, but I thought I thought that was really clean. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I really felt all those moves were clean. All of them. I, I firmly I firmly believe if Almondinger didn't go into Bowman, people wouldn't be as upset about the ending. Or, you know, the people that are upset about the ending, they wouldn't be as upset. I think if Bowman weren't there, he would have caught him. But, okay, but... What are you going to argue if Bowman was there or the fact that you don't love that there were three cars under a blanket for the win on the last lap? I think lap. people just need to get their panties out of a twist. Alex yep. Bowman's a good driver. We've been he saying is. it for weeks. He is a good, <laughs> he is a good driver, but the people that are upset at how Chastain made that move, if Bowman wasn't right there and it was just AJ and Chastain and Bowman was behind them, they wouldn't be as upset because – AJ literally just did it to Chastain. Oh, it's like you've never, uh, some people, I don't know, maybe they've never heard a salty driver before. I'll, 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 say, I'll, I'll say this <laughs> from what, what I'll call a driver's perspective. He knows he did it last weekend. You yeah. never forget. <laughs> no, I, I, I literally just tried reaching across my car and smacking somebody on, on TV. Smacking or telling them how big of a fan you were of them? Oh, Peter, I think how if I reached- this. I think if I reached a little further, I think I could have touched touched his car from my car. But um, did you see that picture I sent you, Chris? And I put it in the chat of his head. There's a picture of Brandon with his head turned almost all the way to the right in the seat. Which all I can think about in my head is this man is his neck is strong enough to break these steel cables. He is that mad. So I started sending him under means with thick necks. So like you know, maybe he'll never race him again. Maybe he'll race him again in a year from now. And what do you think is going to happen then? Or maybe he'll race know. him the next time he's, he's on track in a narco race. <laughs> he's he's going to race him the same way, I would imagine. So now let's but, instead pretend you see them only a couple corners later. <laughs> you caught oh. him right away. What are you going to do? <laughs> going to boot scoot and boogie him. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> going to do exactly what you just did to me. Gonna, I owe you be- one. We're gonna be like Will Smith at the Oscars and just kind of. <laughs> that was great. Loved that. But here, I'll 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 get back to the to the cup race and I'll say this. Uh, loved it. There was three cars under the blanket under a blanket for the win. 
Um, don't typically see that on a road course. And you got Chastain's out front with AJ and Bowman close behind, reeling them in foot by foot every lap. And you see that progress. You you see that, and you you can tell just by watching that AJ is just pushing, pushing. Mm-hmm. And you get and the sensation gets, of like they're they are trying to chase him down. It's not like they're just turning right. laps. You are actively trying to go further than you've gone every single mark. Yes, yeah. and he gets there. He finally gets there. He makes a move. They make contact, which I think that was more incidental. The first time yeah. around, anything. I think it was just protection and offense. Kind of just they were they were going for the same real estate, and they just kind of got into one another. And Chastain moved moved up out of the way, or got moved up out of the way. And uh, they start racing side by side after that. Bowman throws it down the right side, gets by them both. I believe he got by them both. Yeah. Um, he just about he just about did he just was... just about and then now you got three cars going for the same spot again the truck race and, right, all over again you got, but you got way three more cars excited. yeah you got three cars going for the same spot again and it tapers right back down and there's there's times where even from behind the the wheel you want to make a move and you want to give that back to somebody like AJ did to Ross. Ross was probably getting ready to do that same thing to AJ like he did, um, but not intending it to go that far. I know sometimes it's hard. It's hard to want to make sure you make that move and actually get in there and just pop them and move them as opposed to getting in there and just, blowing them open and yeah, he has some sort of like class yeah. to it yeah but it's he sportsmanship. yeah sometimes you just kind of you kind of overcook it and you get it in there just a little bit too much yeah i mean you, you kind of are i don't know you it's like walking someone on purpose in baseball right like you're actively knowing that you're about to do something sketchy like mm-hmm. you know like you're about to make somebody else's day kind of suck just for the right. sake of doing it like if you're going to blow the pitch and hit it, you know what I'm saying? Like you do it discreetly, you try and brush the elbow or you brush it. Yeah. You make it look like, oh man, get them next time. Take your base because you wanted to walk them. Right. But there was an advantage to that. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you're about to put the bumper to somebody, <laughs> you know, like you just said, like, you know, you're going to touch them. It's yep. easy to overdo it. It's easy to be like, oh, yep. like he knew he was doing, it. he was doing it. At he least just- he didn't. Peg him in the side of the hip and break the crown of his head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> he wasn't angry. Good lord. But I, I think I think he just got in there a little bit too much and just like I said, he, he overdid it getting in there, not meaning to blow blow his doors open and certainly not get any anybody else involved like he did Bowman. Um, which Bowman still went on to finish second, which kudos to him, but so what he he almost backed into another win. He almost backed into another win. But here's here's my point from all along. Brandon, what would you have done? If you I'd got moved same, two corners uh, later. Yeah. yeah, I if I got moved, I'm get I'm moving 
whoever moved me. That's your job. <laughs> because right. that's your job. That's why you're there. Yeah. You got to put yourself in that spot. Last yeah. lap going for the win. Full send. It's no one's oh, fault. Oh. I liked Absolutely. every move. I thought they were all clean. You got to do Absolutely. what you have to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote Brandon's favorite cup series driver. And, um, you know, he's not really my favorite driver, but, uh, if you didn't like that, don't watch. If you didn't like that, don't watch. <laughs> I think we all kind of nailed it last week, too, when we talked about it. This was not going to be like any race you've seen before. Oh, you know, no. like these cars, this is why, like, they have to deal with what... These cars look yeah. so good on the road courses, too. They really do, because I it's not... I cannot believe that. I, I don't I don't think that they're trying to... I, I kind of disagree with you, Brent. I don't think they're trying to build these two road course spec. I think they're just trying to say, let's give you a better road course car. Let's give you a less antiquated version of the automobile. You know what I mean? Like, I think these are all kind of evolutionary changes that we're eventually going to find their way. But I don't know. I don't think that... I don't think that the way the car is being engineered now are necessarily the best road course car. You know, like I think there's still certainly things that they're missing for the road courses to make it what it is. And I think they're the best car home. for road courses we've ever seen in terms Absolutely. of NASCAR. Very better no. road course car, but they're no, still very no. much noble car. This might be completely out there. Oh, I like this. However, let me take a sip first. Like yep, take, take a sip. <laughs> this, this might be completely out there, but just within the race shop, and talk and talk amongst friends. This has been a very large topic of ours throughout the years. Is in the Cup Series, take Xfinity and trucks out of it. In the Cup Series, you're at the top level of NASCAR. You're at you're at the top level of NASCAR. You're going to go to road courses. You're going to go to super speedways which I'll throw intermediates in with super speedways, anything we'll call it mile and above. And you're going to go to short tracks. You're going to go to short tracks, late models. You're going to go to intermediates for anything from a mile to two miles, two and a half, run your super speedway cup car. And if you're going to have road courses build a cup car that is specifically designed for road courses right and so for the most part that's intriguing no i'm catching on to what he's saying i don't think cj's catching on to what he's saying i think i do something something on the lines of a a, a can of three different cars no three totally different cars from a cost standpoint i don't know if i get what you're saying they from a cost standpoint though they made these cars to run multiple races i think they just tried to move the needle to get the best of those three together you know what i'm saying like i think this car is a nice balance it seems i guess we'll see when we go to like a martinsville right like in a couple of weeks how would you love to go to richmond next week and see 30 some odd super late models and they're all cup drivers that'd be pretty that'd be pretty cool and i'm not even gonna lie to you that would be pretty stellar. cool. That would be stellar. That would be pretty top tier. And then you don't want to you want to know the crazy ass part? All these cup guys could pay for the pay for their own car. 
The teams wouldn't even have to. Okay, but let's, okay. Is a can I raise you another cost. question? Yeah. What if what if this car is faster than the super late models? What would you rather drive? What would you rather see? Would I'd rather see, see super late models go around a track with thirty six. I think cup these cars could be faster than a super late model on a track like they, this. They probably are, but you know what? I'd rather see a. I'd rather see thirty six to forty super late models go around with a bunch of cup guys in them. I want to see a race with these cars before I answer that truthfully. We'll see. You know what I mean? Weekend. Like I, I want to see what because I don't. Again, we don't really know. We, what to we, we will see we it. We will see it this weekend. Yeah, I think this is, you know, I'm now we're starting forward. to get into the shorter ones. I, I, I love the, the super late models, but like, we don't still don't know the, the composite bodies. Are they going to work better? Like, that's a big part of it. You can actually absorb some stuff. You know what I mean? Like super late model, you hit something in the rear end, that whole car is sweet. You're done. These guys, you hit something, you swap a toe link out, you get back out there and you go again. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really, have, I see, I do see your point. I believe in it. And I truly do love it. I love just everything about the Americana of what NASCAR has been literally until this year. You know, literally till this year, you think NASCAR and that's, that's exactly what you think is big, loud, you know, like purpose built steel cage cars. They are loud. They yeah. are loud. You um, know what I mean? Like, I, dude. but eventually it had to change. So like, maybe this is for the better. I, I, I mean, just giving it a shot. So I'm saying, I mean, they are, they are a good all around car. Don't get me wrong on that. They are a good all-around car. I do like his idea, though. I do. I think it's intriguing, but I just don't know how feasible it would fix. I, I think I think in terms of three separate cars, though, if we have this car right now, you take it to everything besides the short tracks, you run your super late model at the short tracks. This car now can run everything else. That's fair. That would, That's fair. Yeah. Okay, I raised you one better. What I would rather see is get rid of the truck series, which I know won't happen. Turn into a safe super late model series. Every weekend that you have them running, you could have like 70, 80 super late model teams show up to run a 30 car main. And that would go back to your point is on the truck series schedule, get rid of all the road courses and have a shorter schedule. When do I get my paycheck NASCAR? <laughs> when when do we get paid? What uh, anyone else thinks in the sport. Unsign it, put it through. <laughs> when they actually bother caring about what anyone else besides the front office of NASCAR thinks. Man, that would be such a cool thing to see because I would put somebody like a Brandon into a super late model. You can imagine seeing Brandon on Fox primetime racing to get in. FS1 trying Saturday to race into Richmond. a NASCAR super late model series race. But imagine you have a NASCAR super late model series that's on TV. Right. And so people are going to want to spend money to go and they're going to want to spend money to get there. And then open the rules up to anybody who wants to enter. You would have 50, 60, 70 cars every. Dude, there'd be a hundred. I guarantee you there'd be 140 guys that showed up. You know the memes where it's like you have a good idea and then like as the idea gets better, they just start to like make the picture so distorted. It's like this purple vibration of it. So now yeah. you open up the rule book like Brandon just said. I don't know. Maybe somebody that's like hanging around Elon Musk or some shit shows up with an electric Super late model and nobody stops. Him. Hello to what Indianapolis was 70 years ago. You could have that on live TV. If somebody wanted to spend the money because you can make that kind of money. If every week that many people, you're talking 150 guys. I could see that. Look at Bristol right now. If nobody believes us, what, yeah. what's going on at Bristol right now? Yeah. If really? People want to question what we're, you know, but they're how many different, racing. how many different series and types of cars are racing at Bristol right now? We're talking thousands of people are going to have raced. Well, again, I would say maybe half thousand. 
Close. Somewhere in that range. A few hundred. I would say at least six to seven hundred minimum. Before, before the Cup Series gets there. Before in a Cups weeks. and Truck get there. Yeah. Why? Because you're racing at Bristol and Dirt. Why would you spend that much to develop an electric super late model? Well, because you're going out against 160 guys because the trucks aren't running this weekend. Yeah. Oh, and you, if you win, that means you beat Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, because they ran that race that weekend too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. See, pretty and these are the same people that we got lost debating, do we have four shoulders or four? <laughs> yeah. If... All the people that aren't listening right now are missing this great conversation. We'll come full circle for you, mother. mother. <laughs> oh, I can't say because I've been doing good today. <laughs> yeah, I've said it twice already. <laughs> I've been trying. All right. So before we wrap up, Coda, and do our picks real quick, because I know Brandon's got to go here in a second. Um, let's look at the top 10. Obviously, Chastain won. Trackhouse W. <laughs> track house win finally the track house we welcome saw to the track watermelon house. smashed for the cup series <laughs> let's go um <laughs> i just blew out some people's speakers um alex bowman still got second christopher bell third chase elliott fourth tyler reddick fifth ryan blaney sixth Truex seventh cindric got back up to eighth after spinning a couple of times eric jones got back up to ninth after he lost power he lost power in the final stage. He got up to ninth. Uh, Austin Dillon, probably the most surprising one of that entire group, actually probably along with Eric Jones, but Austin Dillon got 10th on a road course? What? I mean, he did. Do we remember the Rolex 24 in January? Okay, yeah, a couple well, years what ago, has he's, he done he's in running. any cup race prior to this in, on a road course? I don't know. I do, I do have to bring up Brandon's point here. You know what I mean? Some guys get the feel of this card because it's a little more the road course side than it is the cup side. In a lot of ways, it's more the road course side than it has been. Let's look at some notables. Um, Brad Keselowski somehow got 14th and probably his most disappointing season to ever exist. Uh, Denny Uh, Hamlin finished 18th. Hamlin doesn't surprise me, but Keselowski, like, are we going to forget Marcus Ambrose? We love V8 supercars so much. Like, who is he battling when that classic? You know, he's, he's got talent. This car is going to bring something back. And back in those times, too, they'll tell you, those cars had a lot of downforce, a ton of downforce. They were so highly, insanely tuned and specialized for road course racing. Like, you can only imagine what those cars must have really been like in today's standards. Uh, Just in speed. Daniel Suarez finished 24th after winning the first stage. We knew he had his problems. He did battle back up, but he got spun in the final laps um, after the final restart happened. Boris said got 26th in his first race in how many years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I love seeing that. I love, I love seeing, seeing him that. and Andy Lally both. It sucked that Lally had a yeah. bad finish, though. Uh, Kyle Joey Hand. 20, 28th. Joey Hand finished 35th. Uh, oh, I did finish 35th. Larson, he was up 29th. in the top 15 at one point. Hand, or jo- Joey Hand's car broke. It was a Rick Ray racing car. What do you expect? Um, Chase Briscoe finished 30th. Pagano, 31st. I think he got spun around again. Uh, Kurt Busch got 32nd after he got damaged with Logano and Larson. Uh, Almendinger got 33rd after the final corners. Um, Bubba got 38th after, you know, his wheel died. His wheel exited, you know, where it was supposed to be. Um. Who's another one? Andy Lally got 
last because, yeah, his suspension said bye-bye early on. So let's look at our picks before we do our picks for Richmond. Brandon, you took Sindrick as your favorite. He finished eighth. He probably should have been higher, but he got spun around a couple of times. One to watch was Dinger. He got up there. He was right there. He was. Two corners away. Mm-hmm. That's, still That's solid. That was, still, that was still a solid pick. Uh, your dark horse was Kyle Bush. He didn't really look too good. But I will say towards the end, I thought about his dark horse pick and with like, what, two to go? He was sixth. He, he was, so but late. that was the highest he was the entire race. Yeah, he had a shot. And then he got spun in the final. Dark um, you took Ricky Stenhouse as your stay away. Stenhouse managed to finish. I can't even find him on the leaderboard. He finished 37th. He had a drivetrain break. CJ, your favorite was Dinger. He was right there. He was right there. Can't deny that. Uh, uh, for a second, I was going to have another great pick. <laughs> yep. Your one to watch was Chase Elliott. Solid. I mean, road course. Earlier, I had mentioned just before we had continued that with four cars, you have three of the four have wins, but your one that doesn't has usually been the best at road courses. Who are you going to throw your most far out setup at? And see if it sticks Larson. with limited practice. So I think they unloaded with something that was probably quite a bit different than the other 300 cars because as your road course ace so far, that's probably I, who I you want to see develop to what they've got. That's just me. I would have given it to Chase because he's got more road course wins. But anywho, that anywho, I think was uh, explaining his pace. Your dark horse was Logano. Uh, the only time he was really anything was at the start of stage three when he completely missed turn one. Um, you talk about suspension. <laughs> Damn suspension. Uh, stay away was Christopher Bell. That one backfired a bit for you. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I've been down that story road before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I went with Cendric, Almondinger. We've already heard those. My dark horse was Blaney. Again, the front guys screw around. He's right there. He finished sixth. I did say that last week. I was like, watch these front guys screw around. He's going to be right there. Yeah. He's not going to be too far off of them. And then my stay away from, oh, I'll say I was pretty proud of that one. That one was pretty obvious. Yeah. You, you had good picks this week. You had the Finally, mojo flowing. About, about damn time. Um, but with that, let's get into it then. Richmond, Brandon, who's your favorite? KB. Cowboys. I already wrote him down for me. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I just wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> CJ. My favorite's Alex Bowman. Ooh. I think he's going to be hungry. I do. I think he's just, I don't know. You're up at the front a lot. And he seems to be kind of getting shit on a little bit lately. <laughs> I don't know. That would make me want to drive with something maybe to prove. Which could be yeah. a good thing. Especially yeah. if you turn it to win so far, you know, if you can channel it the right way, which seems like he has. I think he's the favorite. Obviously, I, I went with KFB already. I wrote that down. Yeah, I was pretty – I was content on that even before we hit record. I was like, <laughs> all right, I know who my favorite is. The rest of it, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, Brandon, who's your one to watch? One to watch. Uh, it's probably going to be Chase Elliott. Ooh. Interesting. 
think he's just hungry. He wants to be the. He wants to finally get that win. I think he's had, he's had some speed there in the past, and I think he's going to be. He's he's not bad there at Richmond. I don't think he's the best at Richmond, but I think he's pretty good. So I think I think he's got like he said, like he said he's uh he's looking for that first win. I think he, I think he's going to be hungry. Reason to watch him. It's going to be happening now sooner than later for sure. Uh, so I want to watch. Who do you want to watch? Kind of gets it. I, I I'm watching Daniel Suarez. Ooh. My one to watch is the 99 because now Trackhouse has a win. Yeah. Know? So now you kind of have that gusto, you know, that motivation throughout the shop, even though it's not your team, but he's been with Trackhouse longer. So it should mean, in theory, a little bit more to him. Yeah. And he's been good. He's got the rhythm on those shorter tracks. He was good at Bristol Dirt. He's shown he's good at some of the short tracks when you get that repetition of laps in. Suarez. My one to watch is um, it's going to be for the wrong reason. So it's going to be a little different than how we've been doing it. My um, one to watch is Hamlin. Not mm-hmm. to run up the for the front. I want to see if he can keep doing the same thing he and the Toyotas have been doing year in and year out at Richmond. Yeah. And if he can't, if he can't, we need to seriously start questioning where his head's at this season. You have to wonder if the whole 2311 thing, now you're in your second year. You're watching. Why would you want to you're, watch somebody? And you're watching. You're reason. watching two cars that you have to write checks it's for cool. to get fixed. It's a three-time Daytona 500 winner. Three-time Daytona 500. This is a big deal. I want yeah. to watch that. Yeah. So you go see, with it. I appreciate where, where, that, Chris. Where, where is he at in points right now? Let's let's take a yonder. Take he a yonder. lost more spots. Denny Hamlin is 22nd in points because remember he did, he did win the stage. So he basically got uh eighth place points. So he is 22nd in points with getting stage points and Christopher Bell not. He's only five points ahead of Christopher Bell. He is still behind Justin Haley, Bubba Wallace, Chris Buschard, Austin Dillon, and Eric Jones. Right now, Denny Hamlin sits 42 points behind Kevin Harvick and or behind Daniel Suarez in order to make the playoffs. We are what six races in now? It, Two, four, six. It's yeah, we are six beyond, races like, in. Words. It's beyond words. It's insane. I wanted to pick Truex. I wanted to pick MTJ. But in my head, I just I Denny Hamlin makes me think either the Toyotas have something wrong or he's got something wrong. I think he's got. I'm with you on watching to see this weekend something changes. I think he's got something wrong because the rest of them are, you know, running where. To you add to your that. point, this is a home race for him. One of them. Mm-hmm. To add to your point, why I'd yeah. want to watch Hamlin. Yeah, it's a home race for him. Toyota basically owns the track. At this point, you say that, even from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. You know, they're the, the partner. You see a lot of Toyota stuff. It's, you, yeah. Uh. We'll move on. Brandon, who's your dark horse? Oh, dark horse. I haven't really put too much thought into that one. I, man. There's not too many guys that I look at Richmond and I say, oh man, he could, he could really win it in the right circumstances. But I'd I'd have to say maybe my dark horse probably going to be one of the track house cars. Just, now I'm probably gonna have to say Suarez being up to be up front, maybe late, Solid. late in the race. 
to be like a like a surprise like a surprise towards the end like he could he could be in contention yeah but be interested to see because i don't i don't really know because like i said there's not many guys that i look at richmond and say hmm under the right circumstances i think he'd be good but you know just we'll have to see cj well it will be likely questioned but we talked about hamlin he didn't have a great start. Well, there's another guy that's done really well in NASCAR at some stages in his life, and that's Mr. Kevin Harvick, who needs to have something good happen here. And it seems like he has had the speed in the last couple of weeks. He started to get a rhythm a little bit with this car. It, and it clearly with you know, Briscoe's got to win. So SHR is not struggling to find speed. Yeah, It's people getting comfortable with things. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's Harvick's turn to to get a win. He's due for one. He needs one at this point. Like he and he and Hamlin are the only two that are of that caliber that need a win. You need to make something happen to try and assure your postseason. Which, by the way, before we wrap up completely, I do think we'll see more than sixteen winners this season. So I don't even know that a win is going to keep you. We're guaranteed. way too on pace for that. We are way too on pace. Mm-hmm. It'll help, but I don't think it's going to be the only one. And so, fair enough. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with another uh, veteran yeah. of the yeah, sport. Yeah, who you got? You got to have Kurt Busch as your dark horse. Yep. Why? Same reason I'm going with. Same but different reason I'm going with Hamlin as my one to watch. Um, not quite at the point where he needs to prove something because he has been running really well. But I want to see basically on a track that's more even scale between him and Bubba. I want to see him go out there and just beat the doors off him. I want him to assert himself that he is the veteran. I get that. You still have much to learn, young Padawan. I want to see. Hey, that. I'm the oldest of you three, so I like to think I'm smarter than the three of you. Yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. you, you're a veteran. You've been around yeah. the longest. I, you see the younger guys around you, and yeah. that's why Michael Jordan and Matheny Hamlin are playing him. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see him go out there and be like, "Hey, that's cool that like you're starting to get some speed, but watch this." I am the alpha male. <laughs> Daddy's home, bitches. <laughs> Start, starts turning into a. Inner inner team F one rivalry between the drivers. You got a you got a Kimi Raikkonen and a uh, and a and a young Sebastian Vettel going at it. Valtteri, it's James. No, James, it's Valtteri. <laughs> Anyways, Brandon, who's your state the absolute hell away from Matt Richmond? I think I might choke. I think we're gonna go with Daddy. Actually, that could be that could be really good. I don't see any reason why you'd have to question. You want to stay away from a guy that forgets he's driving a sequential transmission car. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I, I just that that can't get not wrong. <laughs> Ian Keselowski. Yeah. Oh, you wrecked five times in a row. I'm probably gonna pick every time to stay away from you for the entirety of it that I know you. Yeah. Congrats on your championship. I still don't want to race next to you because you've been wrecking every week to get there. <laughs> I think my stay away from 
it's tough, but I, I almost want to kind of stick with what I'm seeing. I want to stay away from Reddick. His bad luck for some reason is really bad. I don't know what it is with that car. I'm starting to wonder if they're setting up those cars, like you, Chris, call them the four RCR cars. Something really extreme. You know what I mean? Well, because I, he's I had mean, some he's got, strange... He's got the most raw talent out of the four. Right, but stuff keeps happening. You know, so like it's it's one to stay away from is in kind of like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be racing him too hard. Yeah. Because if he is the last one, you know, on the last lap that's behind you to, to the he win, gonna, send you he not going to he's, he's going to send you or he's going to be the one that you're chasing into turn three and by himself has something totally random happen like a tire blowout or a brake explode or something ridiculous and now you both are caught up in third place wins you know what i mean like that seems to be the theme of his year Maybe a little off the wall but i, I think i want to stay away from him for now that's right i'm going with the guy who's won this season already as my stay away from not Larson, not Larson. Who's hit a bit of a slump lately, but I'm going with a guy who has a terrible track record at Richmond. Give me William Byron as my stay away from pick. Absolutely abysmal at Richmond. He's had not had good stats. That was one I actually looked at before today. You'd be proud of me. I surfed stats before. You looked up stats. Seriously. I looked at stats. Good job. (laughs) <laughs> Look at numbers. I can I'm read numbers. I know every letter from one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> but really, he doesn't have a good showing there at all. No, maybe he's got the feel for those kinds of cars. Terrible. Now we'll see. But it is terrible. I just I feel as though maybe Brandon. The last thing before you go, the quick ratio steering. How big do you think that's going to be at a place like Richmond now? Having the fastest boxes they've ever had. Depends on what. Depends on how light that box actually feels. Depends. Depends on how light it actually feels. I really don't know because there's when I say light, there the certain speeds of those steering box or well, then they're not even steering boxes anymore. They're racks. The steering racks. Thank you for correcting that. You're you're right. Yes, they they are. They are racks in these cars now. Um, rack and pinion steering, I should say. Goes to um, show how long they've been running that technology that saying fastest right. box is what you're used to saying. But same effect, this right. faster steering rack. Um, and I can say I've I've run both. I've run a steering box and I've run a rack and pinion steering setup too. And they're very similar. So I, I don't really know that one's going to be worse than the other. There's going to be a different feel than the other. Um, I think the rack and stink, rack and pinion steering feels a little bit more consistent to me. Uh, steering box, it's more direct. Has, just by nature, it, it's more direct to have a rack. Yeah, the the steer the steering box just feels a little bit more. I wouldn't say clunky because there's no real clunkiness to it. It just kind of feels a little more. There's lashing for, for lack of better. Yeah, for lack of better terms, it's cumbersome, the steering box is. Um, but the rack and pinion, I mean, you could put your finger on the top of the wheel and run it back and forth. They're so light for some of them. A lot of guys. Because if it feels light, it's easy to overcorrect. But 
yeah i mean you're still going to feel the weight in the steering wheel it's going to it's going to have it's going to have some uh some pushback on you when you when you turn down into the corner but um i think i think i think it'll be a a, a welcome change for these guys it's more consistent they're not going to be as worn out i don't think i was wondering what you were going to think yeah i agree I think having that the rack opinion is going to make this at least more bearable for the drivers, which I would imagine mean more exciting, you know, oh, yeah. because you're not going to be as worn out into the run. But place like Richmond, I think that's probably the biggest change that you'll see um, with the next gen car. You know, aside from the tire, but it's a relatively flat-ish racetrack. That's very impressive that he's balancing a Coke can. That's insane. Brandon Varney has now just told us he's sponsored by Diet Coke. You've never seen that before. I mean, I probably have, but usually it's not Diet Coke. And usually when people are doing it, I'm at a point, there's a lot of things I don't remember. Yeah, so. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> usually it's like a Bud Light or something. Um. I smash it with my head, make it flat, and then take a nap, wake up bleeding. Yeah, do it again. it's an unintentional nap. You ever have a nap where you throw up everywhere? <laughs> Oh boy. I love college. <laughs> Dude, if I could, I'd put that in the intro for this week. <laughs> oh man. When do we get our HBO special? That's what I want to know. I know, right? We've had Netflix some hit us up. today, dude. Netflix hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> Drive to survive. It's easy to survive. No bar. Watch. <laughs> Drive to survive the bar <laughs> but all right brandon i know you probably got you probably got to hit it yes i do all right man well as always it is a great time to so discuss we, race car we, stuff we, we learned we learned a lot today i think uh, we learned that so horses have you, shoulders horses and hips <laughs> all four shoulders definitely not all four hips what a they have legs and not arms yep they got legs they have legs Postures being so remember kids shoulders sho- not shoulders shoulders and hips shoulders and head hips. shoulders shoulders toes shoulders toes <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, all right man well we'll talk to you on the flip side yes sir thank you as always as always bye brandon bye cj <laughs> can i get a hi yeah oh yeah oh god no, you, you guys can't see it but now that we're this is like our after hours five, 10 minutes. We're going to listen to us rant because that's what we do. That's what we do. I would, uh, like I said, in the top of the show, and now that the serious part's over, I can show Chris. I actually went to a legitimate, like massive thrift antique store. Got a bunch of die casts. And I figured I want to unbox some of them. I got this, this cool, I think this is Rick Craven, uh, like Ford one. The other thing that was wild was like, they had this, this is one 16th scale. This thing is freaking huge. Oh, this yeah. thing's hefty. This is, I'm going to unbox this as I'm listening to Chris. And then uh, this one, which I know he would love. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That one's, that one's pretty cool. So it's the same size. It's a hauler. Yeah. This this thing was 1994 because it says it's on the license plate. That's pretty sweet. 
ahead of its time. Look at that number placement. A little cursed right there. <laughs> cursed schemes, sir. Cursed. But uh, that's why I started talking about that cast. And then we started talking about like things that are entertaining. And uh, Chris, what did you mention that was not uh, appealing? That was not appealing or not entertaining? Um, yeah. Mike Joy's lack of enthusiasm and, you know, not being so monotonic with everything he says, even though he tries to be excited, but he's not really that excited. Like I just did right there. Because honestly, I said this as soon as the race ended. Imagine um, Crofty from F1 doing this ending. Imagine uh, uh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I get your point. Yeah. But like, with the, I, why do people? I think half the reason there's such this like mystical nostalgia of early 2000s NASCAR, mid 2000s NASCAR. I was alive for it. It wasn't that great. That's why it makes me thankful the racing is today, right? The nostalgia I think comes from the people that were calling it. The guys like you that have some enthusiasm and some voice in it. You got to really be engaged. That's what made those races fun to listen to and watch. With DW and Larry Mack and Mike Joy and the guys and the chemistry in the booth. It made it felt like friends. <laughs> when you're yeah. a kid, that's what makes it feel like you're with friends again. Since, since DW has been gone, Mike Joy's enthusiasm has plummeted. Yeah. But and you wondered, was he either sick of Daryl Waltrip or does he miss him? I think he, it I think doesn't he misses fix him the now. I think he misses him now. I'd take DW over Clint Boyer. <laughs> I would yes. take DW with Clint Boyer. Yes. Ooh. Eh. I'd also like know. Jeff Gordon back. No, God, no. No, I want Jeff Gordon back. I'm sorry, but no, he is. I can't. I can't watch races with him in the booth. And it's not from a not liking him perspective, because you know I don't mind him. That that's, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. But it's it's more the long along the lines of look at these, look at these. Oh my gosh, look at these. Wait, look at these. <laughs> Would you look at that? Would you look at this? Oh, look at these. Everything that came out of his mouth was that, and then what he was going to say, or it was clean that up after, right? Or is pretty, pretty heavy, heavy bias towards Hendrick cars. So you know, it that is visible. I I will admit that, like, it is visible that he plays favorites. But like, what do you expect? He's got stake in the game, dude. He runs Hendrick now. Stewart like (laughs) dance. Stewart tried to dance around it as much as he could yesterday because Boyer kept baiting him. He's like, nope, 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 nope. I know I'm, 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 I'm TV right now. I can't be owner. Like, right. And that's the whole thing that kind of, I think bothers me sometimes with this chemistry. And let's address the elephant in the room here. There's not very good chemistry between all of them, unfortunately. And I don't know. There's great, there's great chemistry between Stewart and Boyer, but like, oh yeah. kind of like the old man yelling at cloud. Right now. Could you imagine Danica, Stewart, and Boyer? Or what about Jamie oh Little, my Stewart, God, and Boyer? Dude. Imagine Stewart, Danica, and Boyer. That would be so... They would roast each other the entire time. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> It'd be freaking awesome because you've got two people... For everybody that like you know, gives Danica Patrick a hard time, she's kind of just a bro in the, the like... It, 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 like if, her if, brain, if, her consciousness, she's a bro. But she's a homie. But yeah. like, on the outside, you know, she's an attractive you know girl like the, i don't know you got to remember to a certain degree like that she's just she's kind of one of them if you listen to her personality especially in indycar she used to like just shit on marco and Shreddy all the time oh it's so God. funny to listen to yeah. <laughs> same with hinch and they were teammates yeah I, I don't know i don't know i think somebody needs to either a decide is it time for mike joy or is it not 
I'm not get. I'm not going down that road. Or I don't know. Is it time to change who we're seeing in the booth with him? Do we need somebody that's going to make him happy? I think it's time for Fox to go in general, but that's just me. Let's see. NASCAR dosage will cover the races. Help yep. us hire us. Have we'll us just go. start. We'll just start streaming the races. Um, we'll illegally stream the races and go from there. Um, you know, no issue with that at all. We'll commentate oh, yeah. the race ourselves. Oh, we're not admitting to it at all either. For everybody listening, we were just hypothetical. Yeah. If you think too much beforehand, it's premeditated, and that's worse. So yeah. Fun fact of the day. So medicine, now that like <laughs> lights. <medicine. laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is going? Amazing. On but yeah, that's really just what I wanted to say. I wanted to um, comment on Mike Joy's uh, problem currently in the booth. I will say, I watched a highlight this morning, and it it felt like it was noticeable. Yeah. You know, listen There's- to Lay Diffie and and Supercross. That's that's who yeah. I was thinking of too. I was also thinking of uh, Johnny Johnny Gibson that does the World of Outlaws. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you're right. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, imagine him doing that. Im- imagine yeah. him commentating that with how fast he has to talk because of how quick World of Outlaws are, or you know, sprint cars in general. But like, just imagine, like. That that was that was a scenario where you needed a shit ton of enthusiasm, a lot of passion, and a very fast and exciting and uplifting voice to create that energy that was happening on track. And you need to translate right. it to the TV screen. And that wasn't right. happening. Stewart and Boyer were trying to do that. And then Mike Joy was just like, oh, Chastain uses his bumper on AJ Allmendinger and he goes around. And Chastain makes it through the final corners and wins the race. Right. You need to be exciting and engaging. Doesn't seem like he's engaged. Yeah. Because it should have been like, it should have been something along the lines of Chastain behind Almendinger. He gets into him. Almendinger gets into Bowman. Chastain stays in the lead. Bowman still I like your play by play earlier. Chastain finishes first. Like Chastain gets his first win and his first win with Trackhouse as their first win also. Justin Marks is static with the crew on pit lane. Like, could you? Do you think Ken Squire could be paid enough to come back? I think Alan Bestwick needs to be back in the booth. I agree. Although he's had some lackadaisical calls. He has, but you know what? He also lets the race play out, too. He does. It might be lackadaisical, but it also is in the same sense that he doesn't want to let it ruin the actual racing itself. Do you think Clint wants to be the lead? You know, that'd probably be funny as hell, so, you know. I don't know. I feel like he interrupts Mike Joy a lot. Do you think, like, deep down he wants to be the lead? I think he does because, like. I think this chicken wants to be a French fry. (laughs) I think I do want to be a French fry. Because, like, Boyer's got the enthusiasm. Yeah, he might be a little bit, you know, too comedic sometimes, but you know what? He's got the enthusiasm for it. I don't think there is such a thing as too comedic in this world. It depends on the scenario. True. Like but a, I, I don't know. Oh, that was that was about to please, be a really dark joke that I was. Please laugh at my funeral. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. <laughs> you want someone roasting you at your funeral? Like yes. that's what I was about to say. I was about yes, to go that's there. That's what I want. <laughs> be like, yeah, CJ, he was an asshole. 
I don't know why I was friends with that guy for so long. You mean the dude who had like an attention span of 0.7 seconds? But why are you talking about him again? <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> this thing's huge, dude. Look at this thing. That's what she said. It's so, It's got so much girth. It's so smooth. It's big and red. It's a 116th scale Ken Schrader 25 Budweiser car. <laughs> what, what did you think it was? <laughs> what was that about there's certain circumstances where there's too much comedy in the world? <laughs> oh, man. guys before we recorded yesterday for the podcast your reaction to the ending of the code race uh a wilson 1998 said legendary yeah that could be pretty legendary it's a pretty good ending to the race while the letterman said it was amazing i would say amazing not amazing but yeah no it was it was pretty great it was it was honestly a great race overall uh, I'm very excited to see your guys' reaction to next week when we come back from Richmond. <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I think I'd that's say a great so. way to wrap we'll it up. We'll leave everybody on a positive note. Yep. Happy uh, Monday to you. you Happy Tuesday to everyone else. Yeah. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Um, if you do enjoy us, be sure to share it with friends, family, anyone else you can think of. Help us, help us, you know, expand. Help us grow. That's what we're trying to do here. We're we want to erect this. this podcast into we, a real empire. Yes. We want to be able to do this to where we can all meet up together. All right. We all want yeah. to be able to meet up together and do this. So help us. <laughs> like, could you imagine all of us in the same room? Could you imagine all of us in the same room? Do Censoring it. my thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked Shut out of your mouth. Here. You oh. Words. Anyway, thank you, Chris, as always. I'm glad I could share a laugh you. with everybody listening and you guys. Think of playing along. <laughs> Although I wish it was an act. It's not. I really am just an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> think I'm much better. I try to be professional and then it's like, oh, out the window. But yep. As always, guys, thank you for listening. It's a great time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. production of NASCAR Dosage on Anchor FM.